you go with me, just give me a second. If you open your Bibles, praise the Lord. Why don't you stand, amen, for the reading of God's Word real quickly. I'm not going to keep you very long, but I pray that, <coughs> that you will speak back to me, amen. You will speak back to me, amen. amen. All right. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say I love, Jesus. I love Jesus. Glory to God. All right, praise the Lord, Amen. So you're ready, Amen. You go to the you you, you go to you, when you go to the uh, 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 to the 49ers game or so, you shout, you get crazy. When you go to the Giants game, you get crazy. And I say those two because I know Pastor Stevan, you know, he gets pretty excited about those two teams, Amen. <laughs> and uh, you know, but when you come to church, you 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 got you got to get really excited about this thing, Amen. And I pray that this message will get that out of you. Amen. Great men. Mark chapter 15. <coughs> chapter 15 and verse 42 and 43. When you have it, say, I got it. Mark chapter 15. Verse 42 and 43. The Bible says here, it says, And now, when evening had come, believe, I'm reading from the King James Version. And now, when evening had come, it says, because it was preparation. Some translation, it was preparation day. That is, the day before the Sabbath, or Saturday, it was a Friday. Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. Come on, I want you to say, and craved the body of Jesus. And then also if you go to John chapter 19, you go with me to John chapter 19. Second scripture. Give me an amen when you find it. John chapter 19 and verse 38. The Bible says, Later, Joseph of Arimathea, here is the same guy again, asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man, he says, who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we thank you for this time that you've given us to come together, to lift up your name, to learn, to grow, and so that you can build us. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would just speak to every heart that is here today. Allow me, Lord, to honor one more time Pastor Steve, his legacy, as I preach from behind this pulpit. I give you all the honor and the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Everyone says amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. 
Now, these verses that we just read right now, the two portions of Scripture, are part of the darkest hour ever recorded, recorded in history, in the history of mankind. And also are part of the most terrible death that was ever recorded, the death of Jesus. How many saw that, that, that movie, The Passion? The Passion was a very graphic movie, but uh, uh, if, if, if you go back to, to really what took place uh, in the death, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, uh, they said that this movie is actually pretty clean and, and, and it's not that bad in comparison to what really took place in the death of Jesus Christ. And so it was a very, very uh, 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 terrible death that took place in Jesus. But these two portions of Scripture describe that and bring that out. Now, this particular account about Jesus' crucifixion was recorded in all of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all four talk about this particular thing that took place. Uh, uh, and they do a specific mentioning of some name or some people that are very important characters, as if the writers of the four Gospels wanted the whole world, of course, to know, first of all, about Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I'm sure that that's, that was the main point, the main focus, and that's the reason why we are here today. The main focus is because we want to lift up the name of Jesus. We want to introduce people to Jesus. The reason why church exists today is to be able to bring a message of hope and salvation to a dying world. That's why we are here. Now, I know that as all four writers also wrote about this particular account, they also wrote as if they wanted everyone who read the Bible to know about some specific people that did some wonderful things in, in the midst of the whole account about Jesus Christ. They wanted to... Uh, to, to highlight some of the action of some of the characters that were involved with this particular uh, account on the death, the resurrection, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And one of the individuals that the Bible talks about here, it, it focuses on Joseph of Arimathea. An individual who many times we don't hear about, uh, even as I mentioned his name right now, maybe who was Joseph of Arimathea? Because not too many people talk about him. Not too many know about it. But the four Gospels made sure that they wrote about this to talk about Jesus and his power, the salvation power, what happened with his crucifixion. But also about this guy, Joseph of Arimathea. This individual played a heavy part on that, the account of Jesus' crucifixion and also his resurrection. Joseph, my friend, for those that don't know, Joseph was a well-known and well-respected man in the community uh, for he was a member of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was the very same council. This was a council. It was the court officials of that particular city on that day that hours prior to all of this, they were the ones that made the decision to convict and also to crucify Jesus. This man, Joseph of Arimathea, was a part of that council, was a part of that court group that made that decision to crucify Jesus, believe it or not. And yet we see a turnaround in his life so powerful that I believe that by the time we are done with this message, every one of us is going to feel like we want to go ahead and make some noise for Jesus. 
that we want to live for God because if somebody like Joseph of Arimathea is able to allow God to turn his life around so quickly, then you and I should be the first ones with everything that you and I have gone through in life, should be the first ones to say, I want to cross the line. I want to be like Joseph of Arimathea. I want to be able to do what God is called me to do with no reservations at all. Come on, give the Lord a good praise if you know that God is good. So Joseph was a well-known and well-respected man in the community because he was a part of this particular council, this particular court of officials there in that city. Now, it seems that this man, Joseph, failed to speak up during Jesus' trial when he was there a part of that group that made a decision. The Bible tells us in the second scripture that we read in John 19, 38 and 39, that he was a disciple of Jesus, but he was a secret disciple. In other words, he believed that Jesus was the son of the living God. He looked at him. He, he, he shared that perhaps he prayed quietly to him and all that, but he would never bring it out. He didn't want to make too much noise or be loud about his faith in Jesus. He was a secret disciple. Now, the Bible tells us that Joseph was a disciple of Christ, but, only, but also tells us that he was a secret disciple. Maybe that's why he said nothing all during Jesus' trial. He was quiet. Everybody's talking about we should crucify him. We should kill him. And him being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one, What do you think, Joseph? Uh, 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 I, I don't know. He was a secret disciple. Huh? You see, most times people sin. Most times people sin because they do something that they are not supposed to do. We know what God wants us to do, especially if we've been following Christ already. And there's some things that if you do those things, that's sin. And most people, when, when we sin, hello somebody, come on, let's be real this morning. When we sin, it's because we do something that we're not supposed to do. That's called sin of commission. But there's another type of sin that the Bible talks about, and that's the sin of omission. And the sin of omission is when you are supposed to do something, God tells you, you know, you're supposed to do something, but you don't do it. Joseph of Arimathea didn't say a thing when he was supposed to have said something about the crucifixion of Jesus, about the decision to crucify an honest man. An, a, 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 a man who was not guilty of anything that he was accused of. And yet they're making a decision, and the secret disciple did not say a thing. I believe that by not saying a thing about this, 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 this powerful decision that we're making, I believe that he was in sin. I believe that there's people in the house of God. Every Sunday, I believe that there's people in the house of God that many times are not doing what God has called them to do. And we come to church and sometimes we feel like we're okay. Sometimes we're crossing the line. And sometimes we are in sin because we are not doing some of the things that we know that we should be doing for the honor and the glory of God. 
it's not getting very loud or noisy in this place. It's kind of quiet, in fact. It's okay. I'm in the same boat that you are in. We are all moving forward. We all have our mistakes, our you know, shortcomings in life. But at the same time, I think that every one of us will come to that fork on the road where we have to make some tough decisions in life. I believe that every one of us, God would, would, would walk us through and we can come to those forks uh, uh, on the road of life and we all got to make a decision at one point or another in our lives where we got to say either we are going to continue to neglect things that we're supposed to be doing or we are going to cross the line today and I'm going to begin to do what I know that God has called me to do. I got news for you and I want to tell you that in the same way that I need everybody that comes to my church in Santa Rosa to participate, to get involved, to cross the line, to do what God has called them to do. I believe that Pastor Esteban and Chela pray for you every single day, every single week that you, everyone in this place will cross the line and say, I'm going to begin to do everything that God called me to do because there's a revival coming to this city but it needs your participation. It needs you to cross the line. This was Joseph of Arimathea's. He was a man who was just quiet about his faith. He didn't say much at work about his faith. He did not pray too loud because he didn't want nobody to know that he was actually a follower of Jesus Christ. This was a man that perhaps never handed out a flyer inviting anybody to church. Because what would they say if, if they know that they're handing out flyers out there? This man was a, a disciple of Jesus and yet he was a secret disciple. And my friend, Joseph of Arimathea, the more that I listen to this message and the more that I saw the lifestyle of this man here in this account the more fired up that I got because I know that this is something that God called each and every one of us to do, to acquire, to pick up, to, 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 to begin a new lifestyle in him. You see, this man was in sin because he wasn't doing or he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He didn't do something that was sin. He did not do something that he was supposed to do, and that was sin in his life. But see, my friend, something happened after the death of Jesus, after the death of Christ with Joseph of Arimathea. He was a secret disciple, and now Jesus dies. And the closest people and the closest disciples, the, the more well-known disciples of Jesus, had already taken off without, without any intentions of coming back. Hello? When finally they, they, they crucified Jesus, they arrested him, they took him. The closest disciples of Jesus, those that walked with him, Peter who has said, I don't care, Lord, if the world, if everyone denies you, I will never deny you. This guy was already gone as well. The ones that say I'm with you until the wheels fall off. And if they fall off, I still keep on moving forward. Just with a little rim or whatever. I'm going to keep on moving forward. Can I tell you something? This man had already left. 
another close disciple of Jesus, the one who had rested and, and leaned on the chest of Jesus while they were dining at the table, John, he's another disciple who was already gone. He left the moment that he saw this thing coming down on Jesus. They arrested him, and now they're going to crucify him. And he closed his eyes, and he walked away. He walked away as a little dog with a tail in between his legs. Hello? Everybody's gone. Everybody turned their backs on this man, Jesus, who had come to this world to give his very own life for those individuals who were now turning their backs on him. They're about to take him to the cross or crucify him. And the secret disciple inside of him, man, I didn't say nothing in there. I didn't say nothing when they were making a decision to do that. I need to do something. I need to do something. I need to say something. Inside, he was looking at the whole thing. He was saying, Jesus is now being left alone by everybody. I need to do something. Can you imagine that? A secret disciple who sees the whole thing, believes, and how this is happening. And now inside of him, I think that he wanted to, he wanted to do something powerful. He wanted to change the situation the best that he could. Inside of him, secretly, he wouldn't say nothing. But when Jesus finally died on the cross, something happened to Joseph of Arimathea's, the secret disciple. Because the closest people had left, the closest disciple of Jesus had left. There was only there, there was only there a couple of women that stayed there, faithful women, who were going through it. They were in pain and they were devastated by the whole thing. They were just hanging out and hanging around right there. And they were all crying because they didn't know what else to do. And at this moment is the moment when this man, Joseph of Arimathea's, he comes up and he does something that is so powerful. Huh? Because the Bible tells us, listen, that Jesus was crucified on that Friday. And not only was he crucified on that day, but... He must be dead before the sun goes down on that Friday. Because the next day is Sabbath day. Nobody touches, nobody works, nobody touches a dead body. Nobody does a burial for anybody. The next day nobody does anything. So before the sun is down, Jesus needs to be dead completely. Or else the, the, the pilot, the governor, the king had already given orders that if he wasn't dead before sundown, then the, 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 then the governor, no, not the governor, then the, the city officials, the soldiers, the soldiers, the army was going to handle the body of Jesus. And you don't want the soldiers to handle the body of Jesus. You don't want the government to handle the body of Jesus. Because they don't care about the body of Jesus. They don't love the body of Jesus. The only true people that should love the body of Jesus, it is those who've been born again. Hello, somebody. Christians who believe in Jesus Christ are the ones that truly love the body of Jesus. Now, I can go in a whole different direction here simply because I know that the body of Christ is the church. This is a whole different message in, in itself. But really... The body of Christ is the church, is us, all of us. The government, city officials, the soldiers, what they were going to do is that they were going to give this man, Jesus, 
a criminal burial. They were going to treat him like he was nothing. And this is, this is the time when Joseph of Arimathea, according to scripture, he goes directly to the governor, Pilate, without any appointments. Hello, somebody. You can't just go to the governor, just show up and go to the main office. You got to make an appointment. You got you to call. You got you to find out if they have time for you. This man, Joseph of Arimathea, just showed up. Hello, somebody. The Bible tells us that he went to Pilate, he says, and he craved the body of Jesus. In other words, he saw that he was getting late. The sun is going down. The governor is about to send the soldiers to bring the body down and do what they must do with a criminal body. And he says, no, enough is enough. I'm not going to be quiet any longer. I've been a secret disciple of Jesus. But from this moment on, I'm not going to be shy. I'm not going to be quiet. From this moment on, I'm going to go to Pilate's office and I'm going to demand for the body of my master. Someone, somebody need to give him praise this morning. He went directly to the governor Pilate's office without any appointment and without being announced. And with a strong demanding voice, he says, read my lips, governor. Read my lips. As of today, this secret disciple will be secret no more. I was shy, I was timid, but no more. I need the body of my master. You never knew that I was a disciple of Jesus. I want to let you know I am a strong disciple of Jesus. I am a bold disciple of Jesus. I don't care what you do. I don't care what the government says about me. I don't care if they fire me from being a part of this council. I don't care if they fire me. And I'm no longer able to be a part of this court or make decisions for the whole. I don't care what you do. Read my lips. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to allow and I'm not going to let anybody touch his body like he is a nobody. Hello, somebody. I'm not going to allow it. He showed up and he says, again, he craved the body of Jesus. You know what that meant? That meant when he showed up, he says, Governor, King, I'm not leaving your office until you give me the green light that I can go and get the body of my master and I can give him an honorable burial because he's my king. I'm not leaving this place. So you do what you got to do. But the king had to send one of the, one of the uh, soldiers to go and to check, make sure that Jesus was already dead. Because if he wasn't dead, he can do it. He cannot do it. Jesus, the body needs to be. And to top it off, listen. These crucifixions lasted three days, three days for the individual to be dead. 
it would take that long because whenever they crucify somebody, they didn't die because of the wounds. They, they die out of hunger, out of thirst, and they asphyxiated themselves because hanging on that cross, hanging on that cross, it wasn't the nails that would destroy them and kill them. It was really the problem with the respiratory system. That being hanging for hours and hours, they said that there's some kind of a, a, a liquid and something that accumulates inside of your heart and your lungs until you choke and you can't breathe no more. That's how they would die. It took about three days for them to really die. And so when Jesus was hanging there, Jesus died right away because the Bible tells us that Jesus said, it is finished. And then when he says it is finished, the Bible says that he surrendered his spirit and he gave his spirit. Now listen, there is another scripture. Oh my Jesus. There's another scripture that talks about nobody, nobody took Jesus' life, but he gave it. He willingly surrendered his life. In other words, it wasn't asphyxiation that killed him. It wasn't the pain or the wounds that killed him. It was him willingly who said, I am going to the cross and I willingly will give my life so that in 2013 there will be hope for some people that cannot change uh, by any other way or any other means but I am going to give my life so that somebody will receive hope and a new life in their families, in their marriages, in their lives. Come on, somebody need to give them praise. Joseph of Arimathea was a man who says from this day on my life is going to count. I'm not going to live like that, a secret disciple no more. From this moment on, I'm going to make sure that my life is going to count for something. For the honor and for the glory of God. If I was a little shy, if I care about what people say about me, that's why I didn't want them to know that I was a Christian. That was yesterday. Because today I'm crossing the line. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to make noise for God. I'm going to be a mouthpiece for God. I'm going to be a living testimony of the power of God. He's been so good to me. I can't keep my mouth shut because God has been good to me and I'm going to preach this thing and I'm going to tell the whole world that there's a God in heaven that there's a Jesus who went to the cross and died for my sins come on somebody has received the grace of God give him praise this morning God has been good to you God has been good to me from this day on he says I'm going to make my life count. I didn't say anything during the trial of Jesus. Huh? I didn't say a thing. I don't know what happened. But now that he's dead, now that he's gone, I'm going to make sure that I take his legacy. I continue this legacy to the next level. You can count on me. I'm crossing the line today. I'm not going to be a secret disciple no more. Wow, what a powerful statement. What a powerful decision. I was talking to my son as I was bringing him from Sacramento. And he's telling me, two weeks ago, Dad, something happened. I said, what happened? Oh, no, I just, I, I see things differently. I said, what happened? He says, you know, like, 
I was serving the homies and I was doing this and that. Two weeks ago, something happened where I know I'm never going to go back to the world again. And I looked at her and I said, what did you, was you thinking you was going to go back? <laughs> and he says, no, but there was some things. There was something that I was still kind of hanging on there. I was hanging on to some of these things. But two weeks ago, something happened. And God showed me, you're not going back to the world. And if I'm not going back to the world, he says, then I want to be the best disciple there is. I want to learn the Bible. I want to do all these things because I'm going to be the best Christian. Since I'm going to live for God for the rest of my life, then I want to become the best disciple. Listen, my friend, you want to be the best disciple of Jesus Christ. Somebody who makes their life count for the honor and the glory of God. You and I were nothing before Christ came to our lives. Now we can make his name known all over the world. Because God is giving us a second chance to say there is a God in heaven who loves us, who cares for us, who can make it possible to change our lives for the honor and the glory of God. Come on, somebody need to give him praise. What Joseph of Arimathea did here by going to the office of the king could have been considered a betrayal against the government. They could have arrested him. They could have killed him for doing that since he was a part of the government himself. Now coming out and saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. They could have arrested him and killed him. And he knew it. And he said, I don't care anymore. I don't care who knows that I'm a Christian. I don't care if my homies know that I'm a Christian and they laugh at me. I don't care if I lose my, my girlfriend or if I lose my boyfriend because I became a Christian. I don't care anymore. Why? I'm crossing the line. From this day on, I made up my mind. I'm going to serve Jesus for the rest of my life. I'm going to make my life count. I'm going to surrender my everything. I'm going to let God's power flow through my life. I'm going to pray like never before. I'm going to fast like never before. And if God wants me to get on a 747 and end up in Pretoria, Africa, I don't care. That's why I came to surrender my all to God. I believe that there's more of you that God wants to use in this final hour. I believe that Jesus is coming soon and you must get your stuff together. You must make up your mind today. What are you going to do? How are you going to live? If you're going to live for God or you're going to live for the world. But if you're here today, I believe that your decision is already been made. You belong to God. You belong to Jesus for the rest of your life. Let's do something for God. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is our master at everything. Give me just a couple more minutes and I'm finished. What caused Joseph to be a secret disciple? To make sure that 
we avoid those things that would try to keep us and make us secret disciples. We don't want to be secret disciples. I don't want to shout like this just inside a building. I want to do it in the streets. I want to do it in other countries. I want to do it in other cities. I want to do it in front of the homies. I want to do it where they're shooting up dope. Go to the places where, they're, where, they're, where, they're, where there's violence. We want to do it there because where darkness abounds, the grace of God and the love of God much more abounds. Those are the places that need this gospel. They need your voice. They need your testimony. They need your love. They need your compassion. That you will go and say, I'm an extension of Jesus Christ, my king. I am an extension of Jesus. The world needs this. The world desires this. What are some of the reasons? The cause of Joseph being a secret disciple? He was a, out of fear, the Bible says. For fear of the Jews. He was afraid of his own people, the government. Fear can keep you from surrendering to Christ. You're afraid of something sometimes. You hold stuff inside of you. If I give my life to Jesus, what's going to happen? And the unknown creates fear in your life. Just not knowing what the next step will be for your life if you surrender to Jesus. Don't let fear keep you a secret disciple. Break that fear like Joseph of Arimathea did. He broke that fear and he says, I don't care what happens. And now listen to this. I wonder what would have happened if Joseph of Arimathea would have came out of the closet. Hello. Would have came out of the closet, the closet years sooner. I wonder what would have happened. I really believe that if Joseph Arimathea would have came out of the closet and not, not remain a secret disciple as long as he did, but come out and say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I think that at the time that he lived, he would have been one of the, perhaps one of the apostles that we read about. He might, he might have, we might have we, we read the Bible portion that says that he was running around with Paul and that he was running with Peter. He was running with and Joseph of Arimathea. Can you imagine that? But because he kept it quiet, hush, hush. Hush, 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 hush to the last moment until Jesus was there. Until they crucified Jesus, that's when he came out. But all the years that he was a secret disciple, I wonder how many thousands of people that he would have impacted for the cause of Christ if he would have came out and begin to talk on behalf of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen, my friend, some of you, God is called. You can be a part of the now generation. Thank you, brother. Of the now generation. You see Philip LaCruz Jr. You see Sonny Jr. And you see, you, you know, Ricky uh, 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 Alanis and, and all these powerful young men and what they're doing. I believe that some of you need to cross the line because you can be a part of this powerful generation that is doing so awesome work for the honor and the glory of God. But some of you are still a little timid. You're still hanging on to something. No, 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 no. Why are you going to wait another two years, three years, five years? Why don't you do it now and cross the line and begin to win your friends for Jesus? How many homies got to be hooked on drugs in front of you without you saying a thing? How many are going to be in school still getting hooked on, on smoking weed and then the next thing and the next thing and you know about Christ. You're a little, you know, I don't do that. I don't do that. But you don't tell them, hey, there's a better way. 
You don't tell them, I'm a Christian, man. I got this youth gang group, man, that if you come, you're going to get saved. There's a fire going on. It's a good life. You don't say that. You just see things happening, and you're quiet about it. Huh? At work, some of you, you're at work, and you see things happening. You see marriages that are almost broken apart, and all you can say, hey, you've got to try to stay together, man. But you don't give them the gospel. You don't give them hope and say, hey, wait a minute. We have a place, man. We got some powerful counselors there in our church. We got the word of God, man. I'm saved. Look, I was on my way out. I was, my wife and I were ready to divorce. But it was, it was a pastor and a pastor wife that sat down with us and kept us together, man. I want to take you there because there's hope for your marriage. You don't go there. Why don't you go there? Some of you need to get out of the closet and begin to make a difference in saving couples and families life and young people because they need it. It's up to you to change this city for the honor and the glory of God. Come on, give the Lord a good praise. If I can have the keyboard player come up so I can give you some hope. I came to give hope. Fear of the Jews, the Bible says, kept them from doing this courageous deed. See, fear has a way of keeping the disciples' mouth closed when he must say something. And heaven only knows what would have happened had Joseph opened his mouth at the trial of Jesus. I don't know what would have happened, but it would have been a little different. How much more good would he have done had he come out of the closet Years earlier. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 25, that the fear of man is a trap or a snare. In other words, fearing what other people think, what other people may say, will can keep you or will keep you a midget in the kingdom of God. Will keep you crippled in the kingdom of God. When God is giving you everything, you will live your life as if you have nothing. Simply because of the spirit of fear in your life. Don't allow fear to control your life. I pray by faith. This is a ministry that will challenge you. Every time you come here, you're going to be challenged to step out in faith and to become what God called you to become. To not to remain the same and just be same old, same old. But to make your life count for his honor and glory. What caused Joseph to be a secret disciple? Not only was the fear of man, but also because he was wealthy. He was, he, he was well off. He had money. He was an individual who had money. The Bible says in Mark 10, 23, Jesus says, how hard it is for a rich man to enter heaven. This is what Jesus said. Sometimes people who have money, man, they, 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 they depend and they trust money more than they would trust God. So they never give a chance to God because the money is their God. But you know that not only rich people have this problem, a lot of times people can have this problem with $7 in their pocket. Hello. It just, you know, this is, this is my money. This is my five bucks, man. This is all I got. No, 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 no. When you begin to look at your five bucks plus God, and then you begin to put God first in your life, and allowing God to touch every area of your life, including this area of resources. God will want to touch that area just like he wants to touch your marriage to become better. 
God wants access to your wallet. God wants access to, access to your finances. Not so that he can take your money, so that he can heal your money. Hello. So that he can heal your resources. A lot of times people don't give access to God in many different areas of their lives because they think that if God begins to touch those areas, some of those areas he's going to mess up. Can I tell you something? Without Christ in all those areas of your life, it's already messed up. You don't have to worry about Christ coming in and messing up your little area of life that you don't want God to have access to. It's already messed up. So what you got to do is put God in the center of your life. Like Joseph of Arimathea says, enough is enough. I'm going to put God first in my life. Faith is going to be the prior priority in my life. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to serve God. Everywhere I go, I'm going to tell people about this love for God and what God has done for me. And everybody else is going to get an opportunity to make their own decision according to their knowledge. What is their knowledge? They're going to know that there's a Christ who came and paid for their sins so that they can be set free. You put God in your life, man. Give him access in every area of your life. Joseph of Arimathea's was not trusting God and, and crossing the line because he was a wealthy man. He had a lot of money. And money can keep people from approaching and getting close to Jesus. Until one day he says, fear of people, fear of the king and fear of them is not going to hold me any longer. My money and my prestige, my, my position in the community and everything like that is not going to keep me any longer. I'm going to cross the line. I'm going to become not a secret disciple anymore. But I'm going to become a noisy, loud disciple for Jesus from this moment on. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to tell my neighbors. I'm going to tell my sons. I'm going to tell my daughters. I'm going to live my life so others can see that there is a better way of living. And when you do that, God will get the glory. God will get the glory. Now listen, as I close, Pastor Steve mentioned this and he said, he says, one of the individuals that, that display this type of Spirit, like Joseph Arimathea, was Nicky Cruz. And he said, Nicky Cruz, in his testimony on how he got saved, he will say it again and again, on how this preacher came. And in about a minute and a half, two minutes, this preacher conveyed the love of Jesus, crucifixion, resurrection, what Jesus did, the plan of salvation. He preached it. And when he preached that message, he says, that Nikki Cruz says, if I would have been there when they crucified Jesus, if I would have been there when they arrested him and were going to put him on the cross, and this man not being guilty of any stuff that they were putting him on the cross for, he says, if I was there when they, when they arrested Jesus, it would have been a tough thing for them to do because I would have pulled out my filetto. I would have peeled out my knife. And I would have jumped in and I would have said, you're not taking him. What you doing with him, man? I'll kill you. He says, I would have fought for Jesus because of what they did to him. I believe, my friend, that inside of every one of us, there is the same spirit that says, you know what? This ain't right. That's not right. That's not right. And I believe that many times we stay quiet and we rather put up with it instead of stand up and fight for something different. The whole world is going to chaos today. There's fear outside of these doors everywhere about what's going on. This stuff about Russia and all these things coming down and, and people are talking about this. 
people are talking about the Obamacare and all the stuff that is coming in. They're talking about a chip under your skin and, and doing all those things. People are talking about it. They're talking about Armageddon. They're talking. Listen, my friend, when you see the signs that are going on all over the place, I can tell you something, man. The Bible, I read in the Bible that thousands of years ago, they would talk about the things that we're seeing come out today. I'm not talking to you about something that could happen, could be. I'm telling you, everything is moving forward according to the, 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 uh, according to the prophetic movement that God says is going to happen this way. So you don't have much time to begin to continue playing games. You only have time to cross the line today and to say, I'm going to go ahead and serve Jesus for the rest of my life. I'm going to help Pastor Esteban. I'm going to help Sister Chela. I'm going to help the ministerial staff to build this church for the honor and the glory of God. I want everybody standing to your feet right now. Come on, just stand to your feet right now and lift up your hands towards heaven. Lift up your hands towards heaven. God is a good God. He is an awesome God. He will extend his love, his grace, his mercy towards you because he is a good God. Father, I want to thank you for this time that you've given me to share with your people, God. I know that there's some Josephs, Josephs of Arimatheus in the house. Men and women, Lord God, that they know that they could do more for you, that they could represent you better. In their homes, places of employment, in the marketplace, God, everywhere we go. And Father, I just pray that you touch their hearts right now, like Joseph and Matthias, that they all will cross the line. And Lord comes together with us so that we can make a difference and take this city for the honor and the glory of God. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If it's you today and you say, you know, I've been dealing with this. I'm going to cross the line today. I'm going to go ahead and not be a secret disciple of Jesus no more. If it's you, you want me to pray for salvation. You want to make cross the line today. Come on, warrior. You can cross the line today. If it's you, you want me to pray for you. There will be a boldness, an anointing that comes upon your life. Then I want you at the count of three to just raise up your hand so that I can pray for you. Okay? One, two, three. Three, from all over the place. God sees all those hands. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God sees all those hands. Oh, we need you, man. We need more soldiers, men and women, that are sold out for this thing. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There may be somebody else in here that is saying, you know, I'm not in sin because I'm doing crazy things and I'm doing things that are sinful. But I know that I've been sinning. In this other way, that I'm not doing some things that I know that God would want me to do today. You've been a Christian for a long time, but there's some things that perhaps you was doing before for the honor and the glory of God, and you stopped doing. And today, God wants you to cross the line again to become a part of the team, to become a part of the army. If it's you here this morning, and you say, Pastor, today I'm going to cross the line. I'm going to get back. I'm going to get my hands on the plow. And I'm going to begin to do the work of God like I did before. If it's you, then I want you at the count of three. Raise up your hand. One, two, three. Raise up your hand if it's you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus.